you are now about to go on a generic side quest. Welcome to another generic side quest. This is our generic transmission podcast. We've been away for a little bit, boys. I have with me Ricky the Leaf. Hello, hello. Mr. Walking with Ali. Hey, how's it going? Do you still have Walking with Ali? Walk with Ali. Walk with Ali, sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> what is it? But I Yeah, I don't know. I'm one of those people who like doesn't have a consistent name other than Sean. But um, <laughs> it's uh, mid-card tweets oh, on Twitter and a right mid-card on. blog. And then that's pretty much it. Cool, cool, cool. For the purposes of this pod, we will call you Sean. Awesome. <laughs> so it's been a while since we've done one of these. I feel like uh, there's a lot of things that have been happening. Obviously, the madness of COVID-19, everybody had to kind of restructure their lives. But thankfully, for the most part, gaming and wrestling continued. Woo! Um, <laughs> and those are nice little distractions from real world madness, you could say. True. So I think, Ricky Leaf, you'll guide us in our gaming portion. Sean, you'll guide us in our wrestling portion. You guys are the most credible guys I know. So What a small sample size. <laughs> from the three of us, you guys are the most credible guys. <laughs> okay, so Ricks, why don't you start us off? What's been happening in the gaming world? What do you want to talk about anyways? Well, since we were talking about, or you, you brought up that times have changed thanks to this whole quarantine and the whole pandemic, and other issues, of course, that are happening. I wanted to first talk about Pokemon Go. I know that all three of us in this virtual room still play it, or I've been, of course, playing it for four years now because the game's been out for almost four years. But I want to know, there you go. I think uh, Sean was doing a raid earlier too. I want to know if the way you've been playing the game has changed, what this whole quarantine and pandemic has (laughs) changed in terms of you going out and playing it or are you using some of the new features and and basically if you guys just still enjoy the game sean you can start this off sure yeah it's kind of it kind of hit right like all of a sudden the game became like this play at home game which it's usually promoted to be out in the world right like exploring new places pokestops are all over like our city and now we're obviously confined to home for appropriate reasons. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I continue to enjoy it. I know they used to do that one coin bundle to like help people make sure they had Pokeballs and stuff. And yeah. the one the one feature that I kind of took for granted, once you, that's kind of a weird flex, but once you kind of reach level 40, you don't really have a purpose for some items, right? Like lucky eggs maybe don't mean as much. And I know incense kind of really went to the wayside for me as something I used. But I've really enjoyed it in the stay-at-home play, right? Like, you turn on Incense, it lasts for an hour now during this time. Sure. And it brings Pokemon to you. And I really enjoyed it over the throwback weeks where I used it as a mechanic for, like, shiny hunting while I was playing. Uh-huh. And so I really enjoyed the Incense. It made, like, I still want to get out to walk to hatch eggs. And I know, like, eggs that's, are half That's distance. what I was going to ask yeah. you. I'm sorry to cut you off. No. Have you, have you been using Incense just at home or have you also been walking doing your your regular routine or whatever so when what do you do more incense catching or walking catching i do walking for di- like to hatch eggs and then i do like i start to get into a routine of doing incense like in the evening when i'm laying down like around well, as i'm getting ready for bed i throw on incense and just lay down and on my phone catching and then kind of head off for the night oh, okay, so okay, okay. that's kind of been my pattern uh, one thing that i it's either a great thing or it's a good thing sometimes 
Uh, I need to remember that I'm not a Pokemon YouTuber, but when I'm watching them on Twitch or YouTube and they're throwing on an incense, I go to the store and I buy one if I'm out, remembering that it cost me my work money and for them it's like <laughs> their job. So, yeah. But it was, I don't know, it's just like this contagious community, right? Like when you see people like actively shiny hunting as you're watching on TV, like live, that right. was just a cool feeling to me. So for me, it's really brought the community and then I've kind of, like I've wasted a few remote raid passes, which are kind of actual money. Like they cost money. You don't I just have wasted them. all of my remote yeah. raid passes. <laughs> That's the one thing I, I I don't know. They're gonna have to figure. Well, either I need to figure out or Niantic needs to figure out. Like I've thrown in my raid pass when there's like five people, and then I realize I'm the only one in the lobby. Oh uh, man. So I've hated that piece, but I've kind of gotten better. It's just like wait really, and then commit right away, or get on Discord and see if people are. In my Judge community. the room, Sean. Judge the room. Yeah, so I've bought, like I put I put some money in, <laughs> full disclosure, and then now I'm just buying remote uh, raid passes to play. So I've, en I've enjoyed this time, to be honest. Awesome. So I've been playing more, surprisingly. I guess inadvertently COVID has made me play more. Normally I would work downtown and I, I wouldn't really bother turning on Pokemon Go all that often, but now I find myself wanting to get out the house naturally because we're all cooped up and i might as well get out and do this pokemon thing right and i've discovered a bunch of new places as dumb as that sounds i've discovered a bunch of new places just walking around my neighborhood mm -hmm. trying to hatch eggs or like get candy or whatever and battling in gyms that's like my favorite because so in my area people don't really raid which is unfortunate uh so i've wasted all my raid passes on like one to three star raids <laughs> <laughs> but everybody here is kind of serious about who owns what gym and it's a mm. it, i think it's a healthy mix of blue red and yellow see i'm team valor right is right the only team the only team right <laughs> the only team that matters <laughs> sean i think your instinct no no he's spark man he's with yeah, spark. Instinct. oh yeah that is oh man just yeah. uh cut yeah <laughs> i will die idiot. <laughs> but that that basically exemplifies valor but no. uh, oh. <laughs> yeah it's being cut <laughs> <laughs> So I've been playing a lot more, a lot more than I have been. And it's fun to see your guys shinies and show off what I have, like my two shinies to your 400. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been, I've been playing it more. I've been enjoying it more. They've just, I don't know if they just, but they've added this buddy feature. Actually, when I was doing the regional, the Sinnoh quest for Cresselia. Yeah. I actually threw a Pokeball at Cresselia and I wasn't catching anything. It kept on breaking out my Pokeballs. So I just got frustrated at one point and started throwing them at random. And I threw one where Cresselia was attacking. And so it actually hit my Pokeball back. And so I'm like, oh damn. But then I saw like this yellow thing out the corner of my screen hit that Pokeball that Cresselia had hit back towards the Cresselia and it caught Cresselia that way. Like, whoa, what the heck is going on? And apparently that's a feature of the buddy system. If you like get enough hearts, it helps you catch Pokemon, whatever buddy you're walking with or whatever. That was pretty cool. I did not know that until uh, hearing about that just a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. I had to, I had to Google it. Uh, <laughs> I asked, yeah, well you were in the chat. I asked Sean, hey Sean, because like, <laughs> Sean's the go-to Pokemon guy. And uh, I did Google it and some guys like, yeah, this is what happens. And, oh, cool. You can. So I, it, and it's not even random. I think there's a certain way you throw it too, and you can you can make it happen. But yeah, I've been enjoying Pokemon Go. Sorry if that was too long. No, no, no. I, that's that's what I wanted to hear. I mean, I share the sentiment that both of you put out there. 
where I'm still like, so there's a little bit more playing from home, like how Sean's doing it as well, where we're watching streamers online playing it and using incense to have Pokemon come towards you. But I'm still going out a ridiculous amount. And now with the weather even getting better, I'm still going out, right? Yeah. I'm loving the game as much as I did before, but the only thing I'm missing is that interaction with like you guys actually mm -hmm. going out together to play community day or just seeing when people are crowded around a gym when there's a certain raid boss that's right like a legendary or something yeah right like i miss seeing a parking lot full of people trying to catch a, a mewtwo or whatever mm -hmm. i know that's I, gonna come I, back right so like that's not gonna disappear unless the game somehow died during this whole time right but i think niantic has done a great job to keep up interest yeah i know our friend brief who was actually on our last podcast he is playing more i believe mostly because like you can do it now without walking that lazy bump <laughs> yeah and he actually started playing more because of the battle system that was put in place oh, the I love the battle system. yeah i Although, was gonna ask you guys if you're playing go i battle do league. i do play go battle league i hate that well just like in any game i hate that there's a meta and you see the same things over and over again Mm -hmm. because i like using different pokemon and different moves and stuff right. but like, you you know which pokemon you're going to fight in the great league in the ultra league in the master league or whatever they're called mm -hmm. uh, it's it's consistently going to be the same three pokemon over and over again which is kind of a bummer but then it, it's cool when you get to beat the three you know right yeah so it keeps it entertaining and the prizes are cool you get to catch a pokemon that you wouldn't normally find out in the wilderness which is another bonus like that's another way niantic made COVID 19 pokemon go such a, a success i think yeah i mean i've i really haven't still yeah, i haven't really gone into the go battle i've been doing random battles because i know the quests for the throwback have required you to battle another trainer right so sometimes i'll do that and then i'll if i win the match i'm like you know what let's do a couple more so i have been easing more into it but i still haven't been actively playing these battles though sean uh you didn't uh, tell us if you're playing go battle yeah yeah no i've been playing again like it's that contagious aspect when you're like usually on twitch there's a lot of twitch streamers who stream go battle league and then when you see kind of like a rumor saying or those matchups that you want to best then find encounters and stuff so uh, I've been doing that. I'm stuck at rank seven right now. Like I can't yeah, get out of rank there. Rank seven. Holy crap. That's yeah, not that good. But it's it's, it's not the greatest. I think. Yeah. Um... What? <laughs> I think I've got to rank two. No, no. <laughs> like you, you want to get to rank nine. That's at least an accomplishment. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next level. Yeah. So I'm stuck at rank seven. It's just for me right now. It's more of the matchup. Like whoever. But I've really been getting into that. It really matters the key matchups. Whoever they throw out first, and you, and then if you have to do, if you lose switch advantage and things like that, then um, yeah, when you use when your shield and all that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Damn, shiny yeah. Sean with the pro tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We That's should actually, crazy. Uh, we should actually run a battle, um, the three of us. Yeah, live on the air. It would make good audio content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have an announcer. <laughs> um. But. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you guys, thank you for, for all that. It's good to know that people are still playing Pokemon Go as though it's 2016 all over again. But we're going to get into other types of video games now. And even though there's this whole pandemic, there are a bunch of games that are coming out. 
and big games that have been released this year. We saw Animal Crossing come out, Final Fantasy VII Remake come out. We're going to see Cyberpunk come out, Last of Us. But what I really want to cover is the biggest date in 2020, July 17th, which we're going to have two massive games released. One exclusive. <laughs> I don't know about two, man. <laughs> they're, they're two massive games. They're two much-anticipated games. 1967, Man Went to the Moon. 1969, <laughs> Man Went to the Moon again. Then, for a long time, nothing happened. Until... <laughs> Basically, the games are Ghost of Tsushima, or Tsushima, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. And that's by Sucker Punch, and that's an exclusive for the PS4. And then the other game is Paper Mario, The Origami King for the Nintendo Switch. I know they're two different games and for two different systems, and I know both of you don't actually even have a PS4 right now. But from seeing or what you know of both games, which one just off the cusp has you more excited? Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. <laughs> Easy. Easy. <laughs> I don't, Sean, I actually don't even know. How much do you know of Origami King or Paper Mario in general? Uh, nothing. So I'm here to basically take it all in. So I'll leave it to you you guys for now. Oh, all, I can, all I can tell you is July 17th has a little bit of a different meaning to me because that's my uh, dating anniversary with my girlfriend. Oh, so, man. Nice. Well, but, uh, oh, the greatest date on earth. There we go. This is the day before because that's when I started Pokemon Go. But oh. I'll, I'll leave this to you guys and you can edit that part out. It all Ew. comes together. It all comes together. That's amazing. So, I'll get one of those games as a gift for that day. And see, yeah. see what you oh, yeah. Right on. <laughs> well, I'll leave it to you guys for now. Okay. Well, um, um, you do have a Nintendo Switch. So I guess just out of the gates, you might be more interested in Paper Mario just because, I mean, you have the system to play it on. Possibly, yeah. Probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just knowing, like, personally knowing your gaming habits and the types of games you you like. I know you don't usually go towards RPGs other than, like, the mainline Pokemon games. Right. So, I mean, I think you would like... Because usually they're more user-friendly for people that aren't used to deeper RPGs and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And they actually have a lot of humor in them as well. So they're easy to pick up and play. But you could get lost in the battle system and the plots generally are good on those games. Let's talk first about Ghost of Tsushima. That's a game by Sucker Punch, who is known for making the infamous games, Sly Cooper. They're basically, I believe, a second party by Sony. Sony owns them or they just make exclusive content? I don't think they're second party. I don't think so. I could look that up real quick. So are they third party then? Uh, oh, oh wow. They are a first party video game developer funded by Okay, so they're Sony. By Sony, yeah. yeah. So Ghost of Tsushima taking place in, I guess, ancient or feudal Japan where you act as or you play as a samurai. I'm excited about the game because it gives me a little bit of vibes of Infamous, which I love, like the whole open Does it? Infamous. Yeah, it gives me vibes of Infamous because of the world. Huh. Um, I know it's not Seattle, like the last game, but I know they can make a big open world game that's fun, and I'm usually not into open world games. I really love the aesthetic, the whole Japanese vibe, uh, the whole like being in the shadows and just the hide is very minimalist. So there's not too much happening there. And I mean, the story is probably going to be great. I, I know I'm just like, it's in a game that we, hasn't been released yet, but I think the story is going to be great. The thing I'm not too certain on is the combat. 
I don't like. I still don't know if it's going to be more Dark Souls like. Right. Uh, yeah, like if it's going to be like that, or if it will be more action based, like Platinum Games does their action based uh, combat, right? So I, I don't, don't, I don't think it'll be like a Platinum Games game. Yeah. I think it might be more along the lines of Sekiro, but a little bit more approachable. Yeah. Uh, similar to actually, this is gonna sound weird. Similar to like one of those Batman games, those Arkham games. Oh, uh, like counter system. Yeah, but something like easy to pick up and play. That's true. Sean, you like the the Batman games, right? I know yeah, Arkham, yeah. Arkham Asylum, and City are like some of your favorite games. Uh, you enjoyed the combat in those games, right? I did. I did. Yeah, it was pretty simple to pick up. Yeah, it was fun. It was like, from what I remember, I haven't played them in a while. And I haven't played, was it Arkham Knight is the last? Is that the last one? Yeah, Arkham Knight is the yeah, one. Yeah, I haven't played that one. Yeah. But yeah, so if it were, like, it's funny that you said that, Arun, that type of, that it could be like that. I, uh, I think that would lend itself great to that game. The aesthetic is, this is a very impressive looking game. I think it even goes a step beyond what Nintendo was able to do with Breath of the Wild. It looks like, it, it looks as expansive as that game. I'm not sure. Do you remember them saying that whatever you see on the map or in the distance you can walk to? No, I don't remember them saying that. But I do remember them saying during the gameplay trailer they had recently that part that they showed in the gameplay tra- trailer is just part of the first area of the game. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that the map is massive. It's the biggest map that Sucker Punch has ever made. And I mean, to be honest, Infamous Second Son, which was the last Infamous game they made, was not a massive map, but mm-hmm. it was tense. There was always stuff happening, and like just knowing that it's even bigger than that and it looks as beautiful as this, I was super excited. Yeah. So another thing we saw in that state of play demonstration was basically the hood of the game where there isn't much of a hood yeah which is uh, so impressive and usually when you are kind of lost in these open world games you would either open up something or turn on detective mode or or, or just do something to activate like on-screen arrows or system of some sort yeah exactly with this game you actually follow the wind you have to look at the let's say the grass or flags or even your own clothes and hair and whichever way that's blowing that's usually the way you have to go which is insane that is so cool in my opinion i can't wait to see how that works it sounds really cool it it worries me a little bit just because for example i know this is not a very similar game but getaway on the ps2 was an open world game with no hud at all Mm. and it was parts you drove and also it was a shooter a third person shooter but even when you shot at people, the camera would zoom in on a person, but there would be no reticule or anything. Right? Oh, that's yeah. And even <laughs> even when you got hurt, you would bleed, and then you would have to go and get like heal yourself up. But there was no indicator to say how hurt you were, other than like the holes in your body, basically, right? Siri, what game is this? The Getaway. The Getaway. Okay. Yeah, it had a sequel, the Get uh, the Getaway Black Monday, it, and they recreated London. Basically, it was a huge open world. But what I'm getting at is when you were driving because there was no map, what would happen is when you were getting to the street that you were supposed to turn at, your indicator would turn on, right? So you'd be like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to turn here because the driver of this car 
great. But the thing is, it didn't work great because sometimes you would go around in circles. I, I guess maybe it was just the navigation system wasn't really that uh, well thought out because there was times where you would be wrapping around in circles and you're like, I've been following the indicator, but maybe I wasn't supposed to, like the indicator was for the next intersection, but I turned at like a crescent and that's why I got stuck in like a, a loop or something. Right. Right, right, right. I know there was reviews at the time where people were complaining about like, with no actual navigation system, but it was just cool that it was so immersive. I'm just hoping that uh, they do it well enough that it doesn't cause frustration. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I I hope this game does well. I was actually contemplating <laughs> borrowing a friend's PS4. I know okay. I should just take the plunge and buy one but <laughs> i know he has two so i'm like hey oh, wow. i was really going to borrow one of his he has a ps4 pro and just like a normal ps4 so i was gonna i was gonna get the ps4 or whichever one he would give me and purchase the game <laughs> oh man and play the game like that but yeah we'll see we'll see what yeah. i do it looks yeah. really good it uh, does look really good are you gonna get it uh i really want it but I know that that will go down in price just because it's a Sony title. And the other game coming out on that day, which we're going to talk about now, I know won't drop in price forever. So I probably <laughs> will have to pass on Ghost just for the first few months. Maybe wait for like Black Friday or like Boxing Day. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I know. But the other game that I probably will get on that day is Paper Mario. I was going to say Thousand Year Door. The Origami King. So Sean, you've had a chance to take a look at the trailer now. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think might, of it? I because might I retract know... my original statement of not buying it, but oh really? Uh, it looks fun. Like, so to be honest, like I'm not a obviously I'm not a gamer, but I am interested in like expanding my like tastes, right? Like instead of just playing like 2K or like fighting games, essentially. Just getting, I, I thought about Animal Crossing and I don't think that's totally my taste. Good, but I good really, call, Sean. I really, it, it's so captivating watching, it's so relaxing, but I think my mind is too analytical and too perfectionist that it, it would, like, it wouldn't be relaxing for me to play. So it's better that's left to people. It'll activate the OCD. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh, I could have got this bonus if I had just done this, if I had made this original purchase, even though I do have a very mundane comprehension of the game. But, and like, is it, it's Mario or Mario? I want Mario. 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 Okay. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, technically, whatever you want, but. I mean, there's people that say Mario. It's it's fine. It's not a big And those deal. people need to go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've heard of Paper Mario before. Just looking at the trailer and like, like you said, like owning a Switch, there's no point of honing it and not buying games, right? The downfall to that, like uh, Ricky was saying, is some some games that do well don't drop in price for obviously sensible reasons. So, right, uh, I might wait a bit. I don't think I'm never going to be somebody who buys. I shouldn't say that because I have bought games the day they come out, but this might not games be one that you of those. Don't know. Right, but it looks it looks fun. It looks kind of how Ricky was describing. Like it looks friendly enough to someone who's not too familiar, but not so exclusive that hey, we only reward our fans. We don't reward new people. Yeah. Okay, so Paper Mario has a long legacy. So the first official Paper Mario game came out on the N64, and that was the sequel to Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Sean, you, you're familiar with what an RPG is, yeah? Yeah. It's just a role-playing game. It's turn-based yeah. usually. Well, Japanese RPGs are turn-based. So there was um, a Super Nintendo game that makes some Square Enix properties, like Final Fantasy stuff, with Mario. It was Mario's first turn-based RPG game. Paper Mario 
for the N64 was supposed to be a sequel to that, but then it became its own thing. And now the Origami King is like, what, the sixth entry in the franchise? Yeah, sixth or seventh entry in the franchise. There's Paper Mario, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, which is the greatest game in the whole series. All right, overrated, but... Uh, Absolutely not. Are you crazy? Anyways. Does Sharif play it? No, he does not no. play. Oh, so it's probably a good game. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then there was Super Paper Mario for the Wii, which I think... That's me clapping. Opinion, I'm sorry for headphone users, but that's me clapping. That's a great Super game. Paper Mario was... It, it kind of ushered in the bad games, in my opinion. Wow. It was a mix of RPG and platformer. So think about Super Mario World, one of the greatest 2D platformers of all time. So it... An RPG. It did both things very poorly. It didn't do anything good. <laughs> the RPG elements were lackluster and the platforming was lackluster. I, uh, you don't speak for all of us, but okay. I definitely <laughs> do not. I just speak for the sane ones. <laughs> oh, man. And so after that, there was a long hiatus. The next Paper Mario game came out on the 3DS. It was Super Mario or Super Paper Mario uh, Sticker Star. No, they got um, rid of the Super. By the oh, way. So just Paper Mario. Yeah, they went back to just Paper Mario. And that one kind of, it was, it had mixed reviews. Basically, people are looking for the old formula of the 64 game and the GameCube game. This new game kept the form, kind of kept the formula of Super Paper Mario, where you didn't have partners, and they kind of made it a bit more generic. Whereas the original two, you still had citizens from the Mushroom Kingdom but they were like pirates and wrestlers and they had something about them. Like they had occupations, I guess. Whereas the newer games, it's just your generic Toad or your generic Koopa that you're interacting with. Yeah. Then came Paper Mario Color Splash. And you can actually see, if you go on our YouTube channel, me and Ricky the Leaf actually had a competition to see who could finish that game first. And we both got, <laughs> we both got very bored with the game and it. <laughs> You finished it, though. I did. I did finish it. I have never finished that game. (laughs) (laughs) It's so garbage. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Graphically, it's nice, but... Yeah, it looks pretty. The end game is way better than the rest of the game. So that's why you should, Ricky the Leaf, you should go back and play it just for the end game. But now that leads us to Paper Mario and the Origami King. And a lot of people have their hopes up for this one that I've been seeing online. They have their hopes up that it would be a return to the original two formula in battle mechanics and in partner. The writing has always, in fact, the writing has only gotten better in my opinion. And that is, that's including Color Splash. But everything else is just so generic and lackluster. It's, I don't know. It's bland. It's just gotten bland, yeah compared to the others now i i do appreciate sean that you saw the trailer and you you almost changed your mind on getting it because it does look approachable i'll give it that mm-hmm. ricks what are your thoughts so i'm not super hyped because of the last few paper marios like you were saying sticker star i think did you mention paper jam as well that was Ooh, another I, one i didn't mention yeah paper jam. it that one's forgotten because i think that one's considered the worst but sticker star paper jam color splash are all Pretty much bundled together and i guess sometimes say super paper mario but that's for debate but since i really haven't and personally i like thousand year door a lot but i would probably put 
Super Paper Mario as my favorite, but if I was talking more traditional, I would say the original one on the N64 is my favorite. But that's the thing, because the games really haven't enticed me in a long time. Hold on, hold on, hold on, before you go on. Are you serious? You like Super Paper Mario more than the Thousand Year Door? Yes, yes I do. But you'll put the original over both of them? No, no, no. I wouldn't put the original over both of them. I'm saying Super Paper Mario is my favorite if we're just saying Paper Marios. No matter what the mechanics are, that's my favorite. And then if we're saying actual traditional without the platforming and 3D flip and cool creativity of Super Paper Mario, then I would go with the original Paper Mario on the N64. Though I do like the GameCube one a lot as well. I do. I do. I just think it is overpraised. Is a little overrated. John, did you figure out how to kick people off uh, this call? Oh, man. <laughs> I just realized that this is not a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I am excited for this one because anytime a new Paper Mario comes out, you're like, maybe they'll do something right with this one, right? And, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the Switch, they look at Mario Tennis Aces. Sure, it's lacking in content, but they fixed the mechanics that made the Wii U one trash. Let, oh, right. let's not speak of the Wii U. The Wii U one was... Let's never mention yeah, that. Yeah, the Wii U one was trash. But what I'm saying is they at least fixed the fundamental game and made it decent, right? It was it, actually, well, like, fun. Well, and this- here's what I have a problem with Aces. They hyped it up to be something that it was not. Yes, the mechanics, the, the gameplay was a lot better, a lot improved from past Mario Tennises. Uh, it was different enough that it, uh, it it became fun. It was almost like a fighting game. Yeah. You could be really technical with that game, but yeah. you can also just pick it up and play, which is wow. That how do you how do you strike that balance, right? Classic yeah. Nintendo. But it was so low on content, and it had no story mode, and they showed off. It, I feel like we were deceived with that game. Yeah. No, I agree with you because I went into that one much more hyped than, and even playing the demos, like, oh man, this game plays great. I can't wait to get the full game and play the story mode and everything. And then when I got it, I'm like, oh, I played everything in the demo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? All I'm saying is like, they at least made Mario Tennis fun again, right? And they did the same thing with the Mario Party series, right? See another here. It's okay, the same. Super Paper Mario is not the greatest Mario Party. I know that, but it is so much better than the last two Mario Parties by a landslide. It's correct. just, it's you just not traditional. It's not Mario. Uh, wow, Mario! I can't even say it anymore. It's not MP three, four, five, <laughs> like those classic ones. No, it, but, it definitely isn't the classic ones, and I think that's what people are pining for. Yeah. But it is, you You are 100% correct. It is a fun game, and it is way better than the last, I would even say, three Mario parties. Yeah, I don't know why you hate 8. 8 is actually eight like... sucks. No, you just don't like the Wii. You hate the Wii. I love the Wii, but 8 sucks. But um, that's why I'm just saying this one can, can possibly... This trend for Mario on Switch. And... But I feel like with mentioning those two games... Yeah, it's almost like we're insane. We're doing the same things, only to get the same result. Like, we're not going to get a different result. We get hyped yeah. up for these games, and I'm pretty much setting myself up for disappointment. Saying, "Hey, it's going to be better than the last game, but it's still going to be mediocre." Right. Right. But I guess it's setting your expectations low enough that, like, I don't want to think that it's going to be a trash game, but I also don't want to say, "Oh man, they're going to revolutionize 
Paper Mario and it's going to be the next greatest thing other than like Breath of the Wild. But do really want to play that on day one because, I mean, I'll still be playing Animal Crossing until I die. But (laughs) I need, uh, I'm looking forward to playing something new on the Switch. So I do get your reasoning. Economically, I get your reasoning. But I, I think I would still, like, I, I might actually do my stupid ass plan as, of buying Ghost of Tsushima and uh, borrowing a PS4 just to play it day one. Because it's just like a brand new thing, right? Yeah. I want to kind of be a part of that to see where it goes. I hope it's a good game, man. I, ho- I really hope it's a good game. I think it will be. I, I don't think, I'm not worried that that's not going to get great reviews. I hope that it can live up to the hype because we've put our uh, like the hype through the roof, basically, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm I'm almost 100 percent sure the game's actually going to be good, but is it going to be as good as we're making it out to be? That's the problem, right? Because look at what's happening now with Last of Us. I know that's a little different, but people were super hyped, and then it got leaked, and now people are not as hyped. Yeah. I don't know. Correct. Sean, uh, you've seen two trailers at least for Ghost and Paper Mario. Yes. Now, now this is a safe space, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which one catches your eye more? Uh, definitely goes. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, I, there's something. It, it's probably just the like you look at ghosts and you look at Paper Mario and you, uh, wherever you are at your stage in life, right? Like to me, Paper Mario oh. seems more catered to like a younger audience, and then Ghost would be more intriguing to somebody maybe at my like my like my stage of life right like in their 30s wanting a more mature game so i lean more towards a mature game not insulting my intelligence and like challenging me right that being said i I don't disqualify that paper mario probably is is equally as challenging and and would actually make me more humble by like oh wow i can't even figure this game out um but (laughs) i I guess just off like straight up first impression non-gamer it would it would lean more towards i would trust the the mario franchise more but i would lean more to my my interest has peaked more towards ghosts. Right. That's interesting. And I think that's a thing that Nintendo has kind of struggled with in these recent years. Like, I mean, the Switch is selling gangbusters and it might be their best-selling console soon. Mm-hmm. But I think that they, they definitely make games with the aesthetic of, you know, kid-friendly or whatever. But it's actually family-friendly. Where mm-hmm. and, and the two are different. Whereas kid-friendly, you know, it's for children. Family-friendly, it's for children and up, like adults can appreciate it. Almost like, like remember those Nickelodeon shows back in the day? Oh man, mm-hmm. hey Arnold, yeah. hey Arnold and Rugrats and all that stuff. So clearly children's content. But if a parent just happened to be in the room watching the show with their child, there were jokes for adults too. Right. Now I'm not saying uh, Nintendo is crass or anything. It's just. They've somehow managed, in my opinion, they've somehow managed to um, develop a style where anybody can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breath of Wild is a great example. It's a little bit more on the mature side, but it's still accessible to like children, I think anyways. But I totally get your point of the mature games drawing your eye at this stage in your life. Yeah, and that's just aesthetic, right? Like you'd yeah. have to do your homework and that's like a pretty unfair conclusion to draw just based on like looking at something in the sense it's unfair that like both hey, games man, could first have depth, do mean something. but first imp- exactly and like obviously if like i had a child they might gravitate to one over the other but uh, like any game it's it's best to like you dive into it right and that's how you form a better opinion of your actual enjoyment so but to me as a casual that's kind of where i would stand right very cool uh, 
Thank you guys for your opinions on that. July 17th can't come soon enough. All I want to say is 2K might be skipping out on a traditional WWE game, but we're not skipping out on some WWE talk. That was a great And I'm going to pass this over (laughs) to mid-card blogger Sean. Excellent segue. (laughs) That was was perfect. Yeah, I guess uh, we've been talking a little bit about distractions during this like pandemic and wrestling has tried to be that (laughs) but who knew that you needed a crowd for wrestling to be at optimal enjoyment right but i I mean at the same time it's it's been an alternative they've forced themselves to be creative in other matches and it's hard to produce live tv so consistently i think of that simpson episode where crusty was like the only one left on the air and he like ran to like this deserted place just to have like I felt like that's how McMahon is is like we'll just put whoever on TV but as long as we're on TV yeah, uh, yeah. we're gonna go so I, I'm guessing you guys just kind of we don't have to recap like since the pandemic that might take up some Ooh, time yeah, but that, uh, just in recent in the recent week anything you've caught that stood out to you yeah is there anything for you guys Rod or WWE AEW so uh, actually yes so I think chronologically AEW had their event Double or Nothing on Saturday, this past Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So we can definitely get into that because there, I didn't see much of it. Mm-hmm. I've kind of fallen off AEW a little bit just because it's not as accessible as, let's say, a Raw or a SmackDown. I still have to get used to what channel AEW is on. I don't know they've been on for a while now. <laughs> but I mostly watch their content online. Right. Same with WWE, but sometimes I do catch WWE shows on TV. If you want to go in that chronological order, Sean. Yeah. AEW, Raw, then SmackDown. Sure. Um, yeah, for me, I didn't. I I only watched the main event of Double or Nothing. I what know, like, think? I enjoyed that match a lot, and I enjoyed it. I'll tell you, as soon as I knew I would enjoy it was when the inner circle made their entrance from like that football entrance. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and I think it was Jericho was the first one out. I was already like, I'm in, <laughs> uh, I'm all in. Right. So, I mean, I, I can't even really describe the match in the sense of it was perfect, but it was like this perfect chaos, right? It just new scene, new fighting in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a lot of like football tropes. So let's go to instant replay on the two count, which I thought was like so funny. <laughs> There's one spot in the match that in my head, I'm just going to remove for like total enjoyment. So that's like that pool spot. I just felt like it wasn't the week to do anything around like drowning and stuff like that. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. That that it, I wouldn't say it bothered me and I and I saw it for what it was. It was supposed to be a comedic spot. I didn't sure, like sure, sure. it didn't take me right to like the tragedy that took place earlier in the week, but just shad guest bar. Yeah. Just so I, it was just one of those things like mm, just in quality control maybe we should have not done that, but you kind of move on because I know the intent was not to be like we're not taking that tragedy seriously so yeah. I don't hold it against the production I think it was Hangman Page on the horse was like just, it was just it <laughs> that was, was just, so good it's just like he's on a horse we're done like we're we don't even have to build anything <laughs> past that I really enjoyed um when him and Jack Hager meet in like the bar and it's just like straight up like a western like we're yeah, gonna yeah. drink and then we're gonna fight we're gonna and he dr- he literally drags hangman over the bar so i really enjoyed that part the, there's like this young i forget which one of the young bucks but he continuously does a german suplex basically down the field it cuts so but it gives the impression like he's just been suplexing this guy over and over <laughs> uh from one end zone to the other oh man which, to be honest, okay, is it a five-star match? No, but nobody, it wasn't trying to portray like, oh, you're going to see a five-star match. You're just going to see 
a fun, enjoyable match. And that's the goal is give you something fun during these times. Like wrestling is supposed that to be That was the ultimate escapism. Yeah. And you could come in and be like, oh, I hate AEW, so I'm going to hate this. Whatever, just take that opinion. And who's forcing you to watch it then if you don't like AEW? So for me, it, the only thing I thought about ordering the pay-per-view and like supporting them. But for me, I was like, I can't justify $50 for like an empty. It's not necessarily an empty arena. But for me, I was like, I don't know if this is like pay-per-view worthy because uh, I want to support Brody Lee, who I do like. But uh, from an economic standpoint, it just didn't work for me to spend 50 bucks. On sure. The Makes sense, makes sense. So speaking of empty arena matches, AEW has been pretty good. I think almost from the get-go, they've had their roster more or less in the crowds. Just It's just the boys looking at a wrestling match. Mm. And I think their company kind of has structured it in a way where in their universe, that makes sense. Yeah, It's just like this indie type of place, environment where like, yeah, we're wrestling because we're wrestlers like this is our job and these these wins and losses matter and we're going mm. to we're going to see our peers and all this stuff it took wwe a little bit to get there but they did actually get there on this monday I, i'm jumping ahead a little bit yeah but i do give kudos to AEW for actually implementing that yeah because- i'd go so i'd go so far as to say they led the charge in how to do empty quote-unquote empty arena shows right like even yeah. the camera angle yeah. was towards the aisle and mm-hmm. WWE didn't start doing that. And then they they brought people to watch. And they also aren't as restrictive on their talent. If Cole Cabana, who's a babyface, ends up cheering for a heel to be like a smart fan, they're not gonna pull him backstage and be like, hey, no, you cheer a babyface, you're a babyface. Whereas the other company, WWE, I feel is like very like, you cheer the good guys, you boo the bad guys. None right. of this impartial, which is like, the fun is everybody cheers for who they like, right? So yes. Again, like I, I'm a WWE guy, but I will 100% say AEW has definitely led the charge and been the culture for how to do wrestling in this climate. And they deserve that credit because they've made the, the major company have to really check themselves and say, we got we got to you know, bite our tongue and, and follow suit with what actually works. And that's coming from this new company. So they've definitely led the charge. Ricks, have you, did you catch any of it? Clips, maybe replays or anything? Yeah, I've seen clips of that Stampede match. And I kind of am upset that I didn't watch that full match yet because that seems hilarious. Uh, (laughs) I'm a big fan of these cinematic style matches. Is this the first time AW, like their first take at a cinematic style one? I believe so, yeah. Like they, they obviously brought in Matt Hardy, who's done that prior. Yeah. But this the is the Masters. first one in execution. But okay. uh, honestly, I wouldn't really. So like, I, I get it wasn't a main, like a regular wrestling match, but I, I wouldn't categorize this as a cinematic match either. Mm-hmm. It was more like what would you call the backlot brawl between Piper and Goldust? Was that cinematic? A disaster. <laughs> you, you, you're you're right. Like cinematic is definitely like the way it's cor- like the way it's produced. This was more like backlot brawl. Let's say it slowly. Which was more just a specialty match, right? It's yeah, just yeah. When Eddie Guerrero and John Cena had that brawl with the cars around, like, or yeah, yeah, it was more like that. So, but it was which excellent. I, like, it which was I like. Yeah, yeah, man, the finish of that match is whoo wee. <laughs> that's crazy. Like they fell from so high. Yeah. Sorry, Ricky, I cut you off. No, I was mm-hmm. just saying that I've seen clips of it, and the clips I saw make me really want to watch the match. So I'm probably gonna try to see if I could find some stream on uh, <laughs> somewhere to watch that match. 
because it seems <clears> great. <throat> but I didn't watch any of the pay-per-view. I know the results, mm-hmm. but I didn't watch any of Double or Nothing. Yeah, no, so, I've fallen off of uh, AEW as well. But wrestling in general, after WrestleMania, to be honest, I haven't, yeah. other than watching a little bit of news on wrestling, I haven't really watched the product much. Right. Like I said, I didn't see too much of the pay-per-view. I saw most of the Stampede match. But a match, two matches I saw in full were the Casino Ladder match. Did you guys see any clips or anything from that? I didn't. Uh, nothing from that, no. Okay, so... That is basically like their money in the bank ladder match. Okay. You get the big, it's not a briefcase, it's a, a chip, a poker chip. And Brian Cage, who I wasn't too familiar with before this, he's just like this big monster of a guy. He actually won it. It was a, <laughs> this match was could rival anything that WWE did in their money in the bank ladder matches. They didn't obviously have the Kofi spot or whatever, but I think it, it was really good. Like, honestly, I recommend watching it. I think it was out of the, out of everything that I saw, all the clips and all that stuff, I think it was the best match of the night. I know a lot of people would say the MJF match was probably that, or even the TNT title match mm-hmm. was that, but for me, it was this ladder match. I also, like I alluded to before, I saw the MJF match with Jungle Boy. Man, that match started off so good. And I like both of the characters. I like both of the wrestlers. MJF is like my favorite person in AEW. Um, <laughs> I love him too. He's He plays his role to a T. Yeah. But in this match, they got a little bit too, uh, dare I say, AEW. At one point, they did the whole chop fest. So Jungle Boy is like, yeah, chop me. And so MJF chopped the heck out of him. And then MJF was like, yeah, chop me. And then Jungle Boy chopped the heck out of him. But it's like, uh, does that really fit the characters? I don't really see that spot working for those two guys. Right. And then they started just doing these insane power moves to each other. Just flinging each other and slamming each other. And and, and at one point, there was like a hurricana on the edge of the apron. Jungle Boy did it to MJF. And we all know that's the hardest part of the ring. (laughs) And then MJF just, they kind of just got up and and wrestled. It was like, whoa, uh, it kind of took me out of it. I'm not going to lie. And that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Seeing wrestling moves, I'm like, wait, would you really get up after that? You know? So maybe my tastes are kind of changing. But yeah, I I wanted more for that match, but I was not pleased with it. What do you guys think of Tyson in AEW? I mean... That's a big name to have over there. I don't know how relevant Tyson is these days. That's a name that got me. I'm like, oh, wow, they have Mike Tyson on there? And it seems like they're still using him. I thought he was just going to introduce the belt or something. He's still, like, is he getting into a feud with Jericho or something? It looks like it. That's what it looks like, yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting. I mean, I guess WWE and uh, Prime was using Mike Tyson, right, with Austin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he did come back and do something later on like yeah. a couple of years ago when they had the guest hosts uh, oh spots. right yeah. right right so it just really depends like you need to make sure that you just know like, you're not getting the mike tyson of 98 with stone cold right like yeah that was a segment for that time and mike tyson was certainly at the height of relevancy i would say in that time and now 
Mike Tyson is kind of like he was a killer then, and now he's kind of like that fluffy, fun-loving Mike Tyson. Well, well, check it out, guys. I don't know if you've heard, but he's actually making a comeback. Yeah,、uh, I heard about that. He's, he's training again.、Yes. And, What the、uh, hell? Yeah, yeah. And for what age I, group? His age group. It's gonna. It's not gonna be. So I think it's gonna be like a charity type exhibition. Oh, okay. But、uh, apparently, Evander Holyfield also is, is making a comeback too. Good God, his ear came back, eh? <laughs> so the clips of Mike Tyson. So he had a, a bat. Oh man, it was so badass. It was a video of him. It's a short little clip, and he looks up at the camera and he's like, "I'm back." And then clips of him training. This guy looks—it's almost like, "Whoa, this guy never stopped fighting," type of thing. Yeah. So I think AEW is doing a smart move, including him now, because before AEW, Mike was in the news, and now with AEW, he's in the news even more, and now that puts AEW on the map, kind、yeah. of thing. So I, I think they made a good move there. Yeah, I mean that's a key, right? Like you just want to make a smart business move, and I wouldn't say, like Mike Tyson is certainly not like a washed-up name, right? So. Yeah, I hope. Hopefully, I'm not a big fan of just like older athletes trying to come back, but that's not my choice for them to make. So,、uh, as long as they're safe, as long as it doesn't cause any, just like health concerns, is really what worries me at that stage in people's lives. But if he's ready to go and he's in, he's obviously in better shape than I'll ever be. But、um, <laughs> it's just you know, my concern would be more like brain injuries or anything like that that could go wrong, and obviously you don't want that to go wrong. That would be my only. Concern, but I know like he looks like somebody who just wants to have fun and he wants to do something he's like dedicated his life to. So, and he's in the world of wrestling, which I love. So, I, I support him in in that sense, and just obviously, you know, hope the best that nothing、uh, regretful happens to him. So there were a couple of memes already from Mike during the Cody Rhodes and the Murder Hawk match. <laughs> They kind of, he was kind of sitting on the sidelines. And at one point, I swear he was just like yawning. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard about that. <laughs> and、oh, uh, but, and that was caught on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. And so the Murder Hawks manager is actually Jake the Snake. Yeah. And Jake the Snake kind of threatened to come back with his snake to attack Cody. And Tyson like jumped up and ripped off his shirt and he struck a pose and he ran off Jake the Snake. So it was kind of funny. Then on Dynamite. He had a little、uh, segment with Jericho, and Jericho actually brought up their WWE feud. Because when、uh, Tyson came back to host or whatever, he punched out Jericho. So I was surprised that they actually went there, but kind of、mm-hmm. not surprised too because hey, they're capitalizing, right? Yeah. yeah. So they did that. They they mentioned their their history, and then Tyson brought out his fighters. Like there is a bunch of fighters that I'm not too too familiar with. I think some MMA guys or some boxing guys, and so it was basically the inner circle versus these shoot fighters. So that should be interesting because I mean I guess Jericho is arguably AEW's biggest star, arguably, and now he's fighting you know the baddest man or the former baddest man in the world. Yeah, it's only money for、uh, AEW. I th- I think it's a fantastic thing. It is. It does get kind of cheesy at times because obviously Mike is not a professional wrestler. He just plays one on TV. He has a、yeah. passion for it, though, right? A, like, that's the big、passion. thing. Exactly. Exactly. That's the big thing, and yeah, so I, I, it should be exciting. I think it, it's just cool to see. Like, it's cool to see Mike Tyson in some ways back because it brings back that that time where he got in Austin's face, right? So yeah. Speaking of, I guess the Attitude Era. How are you feeling about WWE Raw nowadays? <laughs> Or just WWE in general, I guess. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I still watch it. I think it's out of habit. I can't tell you one memorable moment since they've been in the performance center on Raw, at least. Like, I can't oh, really? tell you. Yeah, I can't huh. really. Like, nothing sticks. There's stuff that like ha- has happened, but I'll say this: I really enjoyed Drew McIntyre as WWE champion. Right, right. It's just hard to tell if he's actually. To me, he's over, and I think he is over based on like online, but without a crowd to tell you. Oh, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking, man. It's kind of heartbreaking yeah. that he had to become champ this way. I know. But I really think he's been doing a great job. He's winning matches convincingly. He's not getting beat down. He's not cowering as a baby face. He's not making lame jokes, smiling and, you know, like saying all these force fed lines. He comes in, he's like, hey, I can beat people. Oh, look, I beat him. I told you I could. And it's like, oh, cool. I can get behind someone who backs up his word and knows what he's doing in there and carries himself like a champion. And he's also challenging guys you know like i'm here i'm looking for fighters i'm looking for people to to beat me for this belt and i'll defend it so that's that's been cool i really liked him as wwe champion i thought he's done well oscar's also stood out to me oh, in this time my girl my like, girl who knew i mean i think a lot of her fans knew she had this in her but she's literally just been given carte blanche to just go at it be you and she's a Raw Women's Champion now, right? Do you um, know what her rise to Raw Women's Champion, or even to capture the audience's hearts in a different way than she did in NXT, was so organic. Yeah, exactly. It was so organic. It's kind of like, and follow me here, you follow me on this ride. Shawn Michaels, when he first got introduced, rocker, babyface, but then he became this heel, this like despicable, like, oh, I wanna, I hate this guy. He's all about his looks and there's no substance and all this stuff. But then his cocky attitude kind of grew on people. Obviously, he got the female fans first. Mm -hmm. But then this air of arrogance and, oh, man, this guy can wrestle, kind of got his male audience. Also, his uh, play dude (laughs) shoot probably got them too. (laughs) But just this air of like this natural, kind of like what happened with The Rock too. People love this arrogant guy. And I think Asuka played up her heel character so much that people got enamored with her. And now she's a babyface champion, you know? Yeah. And I think that's WWE's... They would say this was our plan all along when we turned someone heel. (laughs) It's it's really not. It's just think about what works and what has worked in your history is when you let somebody, you're playing a character, and then the audience is like, nope, we reject them now. Like, we really like them. Natural turn, right? It's just... I mean, it sounds silly in this climate, but you need to listen to your audience. Yeah. And oh, I don't yeah. know, I, I think Oscar's, I think she, she's always been good and it's nice to see her. I think that's what means the most to me is it's nice to see her now seeing the fruit of her labor, right? Like she's had to deal with, oh, you're, you don't speak English, so we're going to reduce your mic time and then thus reduce your television time. It's just nice to see something good happen to her because I think she deserves it. Yeah, it seems like they're finally appreciating her too. Not only is she the champ, like it just, I don't know. I've, yeah, I've always been an Oscar fan, but I, I share Sean's sentiment with it. It's good to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we don't have to do any recaps of the shows this week, Raw, NXT, or SmackDown, but if there's any MVPs uh, that you've noticed, like superstars or segments, but I have to start off by saying I think MVP, like the actual guy, has been yeah. one of those standouts. He, every yeah, time he's ever been. For me, I'm surprised. I was, oh, he's an agent. Why is he taking up so much mic time? But I really, when he speaks, he doesn't sound robotic. He doesn't sound like he's talking that WWE speech. I really like his alignment with Lashley. 
I feel like he's been relied on to kind of get some storylines over. He, he hosts that VIP lounge talk show yeah. or whatever it is. McIntyre even referred to it. He's like, hey, you tried to recruit me. I put a Claymore kick through your head. And then MVP's like, I didn't forget that. So I went to somebody else and look who I have, Lashley. And he's coming for your WWE title. Very seamless, simple yeah. storytelling. And I'm surprised because I've never been an MVP fan. Right. But I, I feel like his promo style just really stands out. And that could be an indictment or it could be a call to step up for the rest of the roster, right? So can I bring uh, up something that is weird? I've noticed and I don't Sean, you can comment on this whether or not I'm tripping. Black talent on WWE, specifically Raw, has definitely gotten more camera time. R Truth, Street Profits, Cedric Alexander, obviously Bobby Lashley, a guy we're gonna talk about soon, the new US champ, Apollo Cruz. Yeah, I was thinking what well, I was watching Raw this past Monday and I thought to myself, is this the first time where four black male athletes are the main event of Raw. I don't I don't know if that's a true stat, but it was a Street Profits versus MVP and Lashley. And I looked at that and I was like, that's that's really cool. It's not over in your face. Oh, we're gonna book, that is not to be um, not like insensitive. Basically. Exactly, that's exactly where I was going with it, right? Like it's not, it wasn't that. It was, these are our tag champs. This is our number one contender. These are the guys who should be in the spot. They didn't, mm -hmm. they're not token, they're not, Yep. They're not playing like silly gimmicks. I mean, the Street Profits are over the top, but I wouldn't say like they're playing something that's not true to them. I think that's an exactly. extension of their personality. So, and then Apollo Crews opened the night winning the United States title. You know, I mean, if, if this is the week to to focus, not to focus, like I'm not saying that's this is the week to say, do this. I'm saying in this, in the events that have happened this week, it's nice to see true value placed on these lives, right? This is not to just enjoy black culture from convenience. This is, these are black males who deserve this, who have Another worked organic. hard. Exactly, right? Yeah. Um, and that, that, that's kind of where I'll, I'll leave leave it in the events of what happened this week. But it's just, you just don't want tokenism. You don't want, oh, we're sorry this happened, so here. Here's yeah. a, that, that changes nothing, that shows no sign of enlightenment. So it's just positive to me. I'm not a big fan of Lashley, but I am a big fan of the Street Profits. And uh, even in my mind, as I'm watching, I had like a few creative ideas for MVP and Lashley and uh, and Apollo Cruz, but uh, right, right. I, I feel like Apollo Cruz also he's like stepped up his like he's like Majorly. stayed stayed in the back and he's like okay if I really need to like show personality give me a shot let me try and he, he stepped up like Majorly. I mean I I know wrestling we're supposed to be here to criticize and be negative but I, I just <laughs> don't have time for that attitude given yeah. like where the world is right like we're we're forced to stay home and maybe we just need to to go back to basics and that's care about other people and not tear them down right so i'm happy for apollo cruz so um for me i think he needs to bring back the united states um championship open and it sounds like that might be the direction this monday like okay. bring back right. cena's open challenge right but it's apollo cruz saying look i have the strength i have the ability i have the agility i have the wrestling skills so open challenge to anybody because i can beat any one of you and i'll put my title on line i'm that confident similar to mcintyre show up and we might see some interesting matchups. Apollo Crews and Ricochet. Apollo Crews and, I, I mean, I don't think Brock Lesnar is going to answer U.S. title open, but those kind of guys hey who, man, like, show give, up. Give Apollo Crews and Tyson, uh, not Tyson Fury, um, <laughs> Theory. Right. And then just show, like, okay, wow, Crews, just like we were saying earlier, right? People's wrestling has gotten them over. Shawn Michaels' wrestling has gotten them over. The yeah. Rock's ability. Give these guys an opportunity. I, th I think you'll be blown away, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm happy to see somebody like Apollo, who I don't know, but 
I've always felt has been this guy who was a humble employee and did what was asked. And those people, people need to be rewarded when they do what they're asked, especially yeah. given yeah, yeah. he's risking his health to be out there. So I have one caveat, like I would love to see that U.S. title open because those are always great because I mean, it's cool. Like the title could change, right? But I think he should hold off on that because I know he could do it. If you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, maybe even like a month ago, he had that amazing match with Aleister Black. They went for like half an hour with Aleister Black picking up the win, I believe. I know he has the in-ring prowess. I want to see him in a storyline, just him and someone else to see what he can do. Give him mic time, but not just calling, hey, who's my next challenger, whatever, whatever. I, I want him to have a back and forth with someone, you know? And then maybe after that, yeah, do your open challenge. Mm -hmm. Or even during, do your open challenge and just have MVP as your instigator the whole time, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think, like, as you say that, it makes, right, you can't just do an open challenge with nothing, right? Like, that becomes pretty redundant very quickly. But I would say you could do it, like, the first month, four weeks, he's been doing this US challenge, beating everybody. And there's somebody who's watching, like, okay, this guy can't beat me, but I'm not going to fight him in a match. I'm just going to beat him up after his match and right. like get myself a title shot i'm not gonna play to his stupid little call out because i don't know who he thinks he is he's just new to the block and then every time he tries to challenge that person interferes and starts to ruin what's been quality <laughs> matches yeah. right and it could be like you said like it could be mvp's guy it could be whoever Selena i mean so, vegas guys yeah exactly who are just like you embarrass the u.s title you fight every week that or mvp In says fact, okay, that man. would make more sense because yeah. he, he won it off Andre. Yeah. Exactly. And for me, I have this story or this faction in my head for MVP who is constantly, he goes to Paul and he just puts this thought in his head and says, hey man, you know you get paid whether you could defend the title or not. So I don't know why you're trying to be this ambassador for a competition when the money is in the pay-per-views or whatever, whatever he has to say to say like, yeah. do like live TV and whatever is not where the money is. And then Paul's like, ah, that's not who I am. For me, I, I just see Lash or MVP. I don't know. I had this idea of he's beginning a sorority and he starts to assemble guys. I don't know. To me, I just it stands out like the Fresh Prince part. You know when the sororities come and they're like not sorority, uh, fraternity. Yeah, and they do that and they can beat up jobbers by doing initiation and that's where yeah. Lashley and they try to recruit Apollo to that and then they were try to recruit like Bianca Belair who's a, like they try oh, to yeah. recruit these athletes. And then when they get Bianca, that gives the Street Profits. It's like, oh, that's your wife, but I'm your tag team partner. But that's long-term booking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's, no, for WWE me, like, doesn't really do that. So. No, not at all. <laughs> but for, I don't know for you guys, for NXT or SmackDown, if there's anything that kind uh, of sense um, to you guys. So, so two more things on Raw real quick. I feel like what I'm watching on Raw is harkening back to the new era of wrestling, which was just before the Attitude Era. And that's personally my favorite era. I'm saying era a lot, <laughs> but it was with, you know, Brett is on the come up, Sean's on the come up, Austin's on the come up. That time I feel is happening now, but just in modern days, Seth Rollins is doing his thing. It's, and that's the second thing I wanted to bring up. Ricky, have you seen, I know you're a big Seth Rollins fan. Have you? I don't uh, know how I got that. First of all, I, <laughs> for time I have grown to not like him as much, but sorry, continue. Okay. Have you seen anything that he's doing with the Monday Night Messiah? No, I have not. I, I saw him at uh, WrestleMania when he fought uh, Kevin Owens, but that's it. Okay. So he's doing this Monday Mo Night Messiah thing. He thinks he's Jesus of wrestling. Okay. He, <laughs> he wants the title. 
to usher he's doing it for the fans just like when he beat brock lesnar for the universal title and he brought back the title to raw and the fans turned on him they crucified him yeah yeah all of this <laughs> rhetoric he <laughs> his entrance video is a stained glass portrait of himself <laughs> <laughs> and this is all he's a heel right oh definitely oh, yeah. <laughs> he's not very good at it he could push it so much further but it's in a very safe place so yeah um, because i mean it is very is a touchy yeah subject i just he kind of throws out like i don't think he knows enough i mean i don't know his heart and where he is in his walk with god or if he's there but he just doesn't seem like he has knowledge about what he's actually imitating because if he did um, he could actually be super not sacrilegious but essentially sacrilegious right yeah, yeah, using yeah. the elements and being like oh but the hey, gospel according he, to seth and all this maybe stuff. But, he does know what he's doing or know the shoot religion yeah, <laughs> yeah because and, uh look at taker remember taker was yeah. saying he was gonna get uh oh man that heat <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so good that's so good <laughs> man i would love to see their meeting on judgment day <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. just looking down <laughs> god just has his arms crossed <laughs> couldn't just be the shower boy eh? yeah oh, the singing boy, singing boy. Oh. yeah so i actually enjoy seth is doing mostly because mr buddy murphy is getting his shine finally i called it all those months back and maybe now theory will get that rub but yeah we can move on to smackdown Yesterday SmackDown was pretty entertaining from what I've been seeing. Any thoughts? It was definitely different, right? It started off with a lot of a sense of urgency, right? It started yeah. off this newscast with uh, Renee Young being, oh, we're just on the scene here. And uh, then they showed this kind of hit and run with Elias taking the bump, I guess, <laughs> in the high spot. Or maybe Jeff Hardy was in the high spot. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was different. So I didn't watch SmackDown Live. I just saw Jeff Hardy arrested and a car. And I was like, oh, man, are they really doing a DUI? Oh, I drank before my match and I told you guys I was being redeemed and now nothing is like going forward. Yeah. So I was like pretty turned off from that because I remember when they did that with Road Warrior Hawk and Scott Hall. But that's always a reminder that you can't get you can't only get your wrestling online, right? Because it's just a snippet. Right. So you, you need right. to watch an entire segment. So when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, he's being framed or at least that that's the impression I'm getting. So that's how it looks. It's yeah. different, right? Like it's different. Again, I'll applaud and maybe I'm just overly positive, but I'll applaud different and trying something. Some people, I, from what I gather online, think it's tasteless to be like, this is actually Jeff Hardy's, it's been Which a I, real problem. I don't understand because, yeah. I mean, Shawn Michaels tagged with God one time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. wrestling. Clearly. God got heat backstage from what I hear. But. Oh, man. <laughs> you almost turned on him too, remember? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> or it's, he was in a doghouse, I think. But. Oh, gosh. It's wrestling and these guys are athletes, but among that, they're actors. Mm -hmm. I don't understand wrestling fans sometimes when they say, hey, oh, this is kind of over the limit. You've crossed the line. It's like, what? You watch movies about this stuff all the time. Yeah, I guess their argument is the actor isn't portraying a former struggle. That to me, I don't know. I don't see, I don't think Jeff Hardy has a gun to his head. Like, hey, you have to do this right. DUI storyline or you're fired. Well, and, and in fact, I'm sure he would be happy to get fired and go to AEW with his brother. Right. Or for him, he could be like, you know what? I've learned and I'd like to put it on television. We don't like we don't know sure. the backstage sure. conversation. And I think like it, it, wrestling fans are just bring back the attitude era. Oh, I'm offended. 
So <laughs> you can't have both, right? You got to swallow your pride. And uh, anyways, so yeah, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, after after the revelation of the hit and run or the apparent hit and run and the arrest of Jeff Hardy, they're currently holding an intercontinental tournament because Sami Zayn had to surrender the belt because of this whole COVID madness. That's so unfortunate. Yeah, but I mean, hey, you you have to have a champion, right? Okay. Uh, an active champion that isn't named Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so they're holding this tournament and because Elias got hit and because Jeff Hardy got arrested, the other two members in the tournament were AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Now, it could have been a simple <laughs> situation of D. Bryan and AJ Styles fighting for the title, but for some reason, Daniel Bryan didn't want to buy and he wanted to fight somebody for the opportunity to fight AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship. That somebody was Sheamus, a guy who kind of recently came back. We didn't know if he would come back or not, but he did make his re-debut and he kind of got into a feud with Jeff Hardy indirectly, mostly with Michael Cole, because anytime Sheamus was out there, they would play the uh, Jeff Hardy redemption videos and that would just send Seamus crazy. I was I was so hoping he would kick off Michael Cole's head because he verbally assaulted him, but it never got physical. So that led to the feud between Seamus and Jeff. So during the match between Daniel Bryan and Seamus, the semi-finals, I guess you want to call it. Sean, you want to say what happened next? So from what I, I mean, I didn't watch that part, but I know like in clips, like Jeff Hardy reemerges and he kind of cost Seamus his opportunity to advance in the Intercontinental yeah tournament and then we get the match that aj was like hey we already had this match like i can imagine aj's like why did you go through all that like we're back <laughs> at square one but so i guess we're led to believe sheamus has something to do with this incident that framed jeff hardy so two two matches are kind of or two stories are kind of set up the ic finals and then this jeff hardy sheamus which is good like it, it's which not is just very like impressive for modern wwe yeah it might have been a little quick a little like jeff hardy already comes back and we, right we're not building towards tune in next week see if jeff hardy is released or whatever it is yeah, yeah but that's a little bit of nitpicking at this point they told a good story to me in my opinion and like think about if jeff hardy was framed like think about the heat there should be on somebody who was like oh, i'm gonna steal his car so theft i'm gonna <laughs> have alcohol in public and then beat someone up, so battery, throw alcohol on this individual and throw them off to the side, attempt yeah. to kill another superstar who's <laughs> who I'm not even in the feud with, take police away from what could be other incidents maybe in the city. Like, I mean, did Braun do anything on SmackDown? I don't know why he was there. Oh yeah, I almost forgot he was there. <laughs> yeah, and then create this frenzy, right? Like that's a lot of premeditated actions that we don't get from WWE heels, right? Usually it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. Your mom's fat. Oh, <laughs> tune in next week for whatever, right? Like the conclusion of this feud. <laughs> yeah, and then so I, I appreciate that. Will we get swerved? And it wasn't Sheamus; it was someone else. I don't. Yeah, hey, uh, imagine Elias was in on it the whole time. Yeah, I think this would take it too wacky. But I was like, what if it's the fiend? <laughs> he like shows up or whatever in the car and parties he's a demon himself but he's out to bring out the inner demon and say jeff let that in that's who you are let's replay everything that might be a bit too meta might be too yeah i think for... that'd be a, a bit much and then also like if he's laughing and we had this ambulance scene it would just make it way too hokey so i was like maybe that's a, a creative idea i'll file in the back that doesn't work but i was like what if it's the fiend who like <laughs> 
is in control of now the Florida Police Department. Well, that's like way. <laughs> I think I, I think his business with Brian isn't done quite yet. Yeah, so we'll, we'll call it a more logical storytelling. <laughs> He's now the president of the United States. Oh man! What else did we have on SmackDown? Uh, singles female match between Sasha and Alexa Bliss. I'm a fan of Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. I uh, concur. I am a fan of Sasha Banks. <laughs> if you haven't watched the last couple weeks, what do you guys think of Sonya Deville? Yo, man, she's coming into her own. That's another MVP, I would say. Yeah, she's really, really impressive. Really impressive. Yeah. She just had a match with who? Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, yeah. and she beat Lacey Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it finished in DQ, but I don't know. I was. Uh, was it a DQ? Oh, it, was it wasn't. DQ, you're right. You're right. But it you're like right. it. It all made sense, right? It wasn't this like hokey DQ. Sonia just had this demeanor. She was treating this like. I'm gonna beat you up and I'm here to win. Like I'm not yeah. here to do no our spots. And I think even you, Ricky, you mentioned, I don't know, a couple money in the banks ago, because we're counting that way, but where you knew it was spot after spot after spot. It wasn't this treated like a fight. It was like Bailey is here, now Naomi is here, and Lana's. I think sometimes like and I'm not this happens in both men's and women's, but I've noticed sometimes in WWE women's matches, it's very get to the next spot. But I feel like Sonia has this demeanor where she treats it like a real fight and we don't know what's next, right? And so, uh, I don't know, I've really enjoyed her. She's been like a beneficiary of this like Otis Mandy storyline that maybe wasn't intended. So it's been cool to see her and hopefully lands her in like the title contention, right? So she is improving and I like to see improvement. I don't think, maybe she's there for a title contention. I wouldn't do it now, but yeah, I think yeah. Down yeah, down the line, definitely, 100% definitely. I wouldn't do it now, yeah. But yeah, I would like to see her flesh out her character a little bit. Kind of like how Mandy Rose, <laughs> she's kind of taken on like this cool character and storyline with Otis. Mm -hmm. And we got like a softcore Weird. video. I, I liked it. I really liked it. It was funny, but it wasn't too, it was cheesy, but they made it cheesy on purpose. So it was funny. It wasn't just like, ugh, why are you doing this? Sean, what did you think of it? I was more like, what's the point of this? I think it was to tell Manny's the one that's usually fantasized about. And she's now the one doing the fantasy about Otis, who typically might not be somebody women would fantasize about in, I guess, traditional storytelling. So I thought it was fun. Like, it's a fun segment. It's not this like, oh, Manny's dreaming about Dolph, but she's with Otis and hitting you over the head like, oh, a swerve is coming. Again, like it was something... I haven't seen in WWE for a while, and sometimes <laughs> just f good to have fun segments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that pretty much wrapped up SmackDown for me. Yeah, nothing really, from what I gather, stood out. And then, I don't know, I, I'm not, like, too into NXT, so nothing really uh, oh, well, stands out to there, me. Oh, well, there was the gauge match, the fight pit match. Yeah, I mean, aesthetically, I didn't watch the entire match, but aesthetically, it looked really cool. Mm. What was that Ken Shamrock match back in the day? Uh, uh, Lion's Den. Lion's Den. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. And this kind of is a bigger version of that. And I like they went up on the side and everything. It was uh, it was entertaining. How, yeah. how, do you think he's going to flounder or thrive in on SmackDown? There's a lot of people who see a lot of star potential. I'm not one of them in the sense like I don't I don't see it, but I I could imagine it's there. Well, I don't Say want it. him to flounder. I'm, I'm I could see him being Ricochet, who comes in with a lot of hype, and then it's unrealized. Or I could see him... There's some guys who come from NXT and they just do well. They do better on the main roster. I think what Matt Riddle has working for him is he didn't have a completed story where it just made sense he's coming to the main roster, right? Like, usually, um, 
some NXT call-ups, like they, they finished as champion, they dropped the title, and then you know like they've done everything in NXT. They're on their way to Raw, and like they have so much fanfare that there's so much, like a microscope of like, how come they're not being used like they used to be? And then they kind of flounder. So I don't think he has that. So I'm hopeful that he'll do well. I think I think he's good. I don't hate his style or he's just not somebody I necessarily gravitate to as a fan. But that doesn't mean he lacks talent. And I mean, I didn't gravitate towards RVD, but I, I wouldn't sit here and tell you RVD wasn't a star. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, again, I think as I've been saying, like, I'm just hopeful if you are given a fair chance, then that's all I can really ask for somebody. If he's not given a fair chance, then I wouldn't. Hold it, hold it against him that he didn't achieve something. Yeah. So. It really feels to me, and I guess we can wrap up shortly, it feels to me that there is this weird new breath of fresh air in wrestling. Not only because there is a competing company, mm-hmm. um, or maybe that's the reason, but WWE is really like pushing some new faces. I understand Roman Reigns' situation, and I don't think it's. I've I've seen online some people thought WWE was being malicious when they didn't show Roman Reigns on their TV. But why would you show a guy who can't possibly be on your TV? Like, why would you advertise him when he's not going to? Yeah, it's like a restaurant putting out a special and then realizing they don't have any of that food in stock, right? So they probably would take down. We're not doing that special today. Yeah, right. Right? Exactly. It's like pretty. It doesn't mean like, oh, we hate spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. (laughs) We like spaghetti. We just do not have any spaghetti. Yeah. But with that said, thanks for joining me. We've lost uh, Ricky. We lost him. Yeah. Along the way. I I think think the Sonya Deville, like I was trying to push her over Bailey and I think that that offended him too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can hear the angry (laughs) Facebook posts now. (laughs) All right, Sean. This was fun, yeah. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for spearheading the wrestling portion. I think with wrestling in, in the state it's in, we can definitely do a deep dive. Yeah. Uh, maybe There's later. so much we can yeah discuss. Like we didn't even get to in your house coming back or oh my good all uh, of this stuff. Yeah, but I think so. we could save that for another pod. Yeah. Have you been doing anything on your uh, blog? Yeah. So as you know, June fourteenth, we'll see the greatest wrestling match ever between Edge and Randy Orton, like that's guaranteed, it will be the greatest. So I've actually gone back and uh, compiled a list of the top 10 greatest WWE backlash matches ever. Oh, right Uh, So we'll see, obviously Edge and Orton will be at the top eventually um, because (laughs) that's been guaranteed to us that they'll have the greatest wrestling match ever. So yeah. (laughs) Of uh, all time, not even within WWE, of all time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Backlash has had some fun matches, so that's been a fun list to put together. I'm just, I've watched them, I've got them all ranked. I just got to write it up, so I'll be doing that, and then yeah, right on, and share it on, share it on air. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll have a link below this video, actually, if you guys, being our audience, wants to check it out. But that'll do it for this week. Awesome. We want to thank you for joining us on this generic side quest. Peace. Take care.